and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Welcome to one of the craziest episodes <laughs> I think I've ever been involved in. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I am here on vacation with Sir Ezra. We have been doing a ton of behind-the-scenes work. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, recently we had, because uh, I read all the reviews on iTunes, and we had a review on iTunes where uh, it was actually it was, it was really positive when somebody said, you know, if I had to give these guys a criticism, I don't want to be nitpicky, but it seems like they focus a lot of time on very specific characters, uh, Lady Stoneheart, Blood Raven, Thread Crow, and I said, I brought this up to Sir Ezra, and I was like, you know, that's a pretty valid argument. So we said, you know, okay, let's kind of have fun and do an episode on a character we don't talk a lot about. And uh, let's do one of a, it's a pretty popular theory. I I, I know All Shift X has done a video on it. I've seen it quite a bit in the Redham forums. I know I've seen it in the World of Ice and Fire forums. And that is the bolt on theory. It's, it's It's the Ruse Bolton. Is he a vampire? Is he a... Um, does he wear people's skin to make himself immortal? And there's uh, somebody actually brought up a this specific Reddit post to us a while back and sent us a, a raven about it. Um, and yeah. I had I had it saved. I don't have the person's name, but so um, again, we just we just finished watching the All Shift X video as well, and so it, yeah, it, we're familiar. We're I'm familiar with it, but I've never really done a deep dive into it. Well, I definitely have never done a deep a deep dive into it. And, and when you when you first hear about it, it's sort of like what? Right. And and just know that we this is really a for fun episode, episode totally because fun, yeah. it is uh, full disclosure. You know, three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, Sir Matt is is headed back headed back west tomorrow. So we were like, what can we do? Uh, in a short amount of time, that would be sort of a, a filler kind of stand in until we get back to the main main recording. Right. And, so. um, you know, the, the only thing crazier we could have done is the Is Varys a Merman uh, episode, which we will get to at some yeah, point. I was say, don't, don't, don't count it out. You know I, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Now, can, can absolutely I just, before you but this re- is a theory I've wanted, I've actually wanted to tackle. I do I, remember you bringing it up to me at one point. I do remember you saying this. And when we got the Raven about it and people were talking about it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Kind of interesting. And it went to the back burner. We never discussed it, probably because I'm having the same reaction that I'm having right now, which is sort of like, what? <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so just just as a quick, I mean, Roose Bolton is not someone we typically discuss. Yeah. He's not. So that kind of fits in with this whole idea that we would want to talk about different characters. And I do want to say we gravitate towards our favorite characters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like you watch people in the group interact with each other and people know that Lady Stoneheart, Beric Dondarrion, and those characters are my favorite. Um so in the future, I think you know talking about Varys would be cool. Talking about Roose Bolton now is gonna be is, is gonna be interesting. Uh, Marwyn the Mage, someone mm-hmm. I want to you know talk more about. Uh, I've talked about uh, Quaith before, so I better stop talking about about her. Although I think she you know had a big post in Facebook the other day about uh, what did that amount to. But yeah, so this is just again purely for fun. And the more I read it, uh, Sir Matt was watching my face as I was wa- I was watching the Alt Shift X theory on this, and I was sort of like. Okay, you know, he makes like, a point. <laughs> you know, one point. Now, the the other thing too that I thought was key because after I was uh, midway through this, I go back to it is the bolt on, right? Right. The Bolton theory, mm-hmm. bolt on, and that, so, and I that, I, why that name, right? So you talk mm-hmm. about like why does George pick a name? 
you know, why, why does he name his character uh, Bolton? Okay, is there a reason for that? Because when we talk about, um, you know, the, the Martells, Duran Martell, right, we, we talk about that meaning um, there's, some, there's some origin to that meaning death. Right. So he, he does pick names for a reason, and there's, there's something behind the reason why he does that, too. Mm-hmm. So not to be underestimated in just the title of the theory itself. Right. So, okay. And one of the things All Shift Tech says before we begin uh, is he says, uh, you know, he's this, this, uh, the the main the main idea in, in in this in this theory he says just keep in mind you know, this is also a world where we have uh, skin changers wargs dragons <laughs> um, oh man you know, yeah. frozen men giants right, uh, right children of the children of the forest who have lived for other people who wear each other's faces just all that stuff exists yeah green seers yeah oh yeah absolutely yep. So, the bolt-on theory uh, got a lot of attention recently. This is from um, Megatron McLarge Huge. Um, it's a great name. Great name. <laughs> the bolt-on theory got a lot of attention recently, uh, but cited little evidence. Uh, so, this is a Reddit uh, thread. A thread a few days ago attacked it, and I'm, go- and I'm going to defend part of it. Specifically, the Roose Bolton is undead. The parts of about him being the Night's King and, fl- and flaying a son to wear his skin are interesting, um, he says, although there's not really, he says there's not a lot of evidence. So he says, yeah, anyway, sure. Let's start with the taxon- taxonomy of magical creatures in the books. We have dragons, we have zombies, which is kind of like whites. Uh-huh. We have werewolves, we have wargs and direwolves. He says, we even have a Frankenstein and a monster with uh Kyburn and Robert Strong uh-huh. or, um, just the mountain, the mountain. In, in, yeah. the, in the show. Out of the standard mom- monsters that leaves vampires unaccounted for. The modern concept of a vampire starts with Dracula, a book inspired by the real life of Vlad the Impaler, a 15th century prince in what is now Romania. A quick note, if you don't read any further, Vlad was eventually captured and his captors forged a letter in his name. Uh, then he provides some info on Vlad the Impaler. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, as a history guy, I'll just tell you a little bit about him. Vlad the Impaler was an absolute boss. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in 15th century, uh, it's the Ottoman Empire, um, you know, and, and he is fighting for the uh, kingdom of Walchuria, uh, which uh, is now part of Romania. It was kind of three separate regions back in the day. And his dad was actually in this super awesome uh, group called the Order of the Dragons. And what ends up mm. happening is there's like the Ottoman Turks and all this stuff. And he ends up having like kind of serving as like a ward there for a while. Yeah. And he ends up coming back, leading this kind of revolt against the ottoman empire obviously they're a tiny kingdom against an enormous empire and so he can't necessarily you know fend them off so what he does is he does some really cool things at some point the ottomans send these um these men to like be like uh, to send like i can't remember if it's a treaty or whatever and what he does is to spite them he basically he tells them to remove their hats and, you know, that's like, this is how, you know, you should do that here. And it's part of their custom. They don't do that. So he had their hats nailed to their heads and like sent them, sent them back. He's wow. known as Vlad the Impaler because he would, he would basically take trees or posts and turn them into enormous spikes, like okay. I mean, enormous spikes. And he would take his enemies and he would like basically run their bodies through. And so you would see just like essentially forest. Of, yeah. He was, he was. He was crazy. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah. In his kingdom, he 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 had such fear, and he was so feared that he would um, 
he, he left like a golden chalice or, or a golden watch or something on like the town square and nobody ever took it out of sheer fear of what would happen. <laughs> Dude's a boss. Oh. So then at, at some point he ends up, um, he would like, when the, the when the Ottomans start marching in, he would basically destroy his his own towns because the idea is like, well, you're not going to have them. Okay. And so he would like poison the water and, and and stuff like that. And at one point, he ends up getting captured. He's like in a cell, and he, uh, he, he you know, it's it's kind of rumored. Oh, he was drinking blood, and he was really pale, and like drinking yeah. blood of rats and all this kind of stuff. And so. Right. Anyway, Bran Stoker ends up kind of using him as a reference for this Dracula character. And uh, Vlad Dracul was kind of his, his, his name. And that's kind of where that character of Dracula ends up coming from. You should do some research on it because Vlad, Vlad the Impaler is super cool. He's, he's a super cool guy to read about. Yeah, I definitely want to know more about him now. Didn't you used to play a game that was... That was um what was that game you used to play that was like had vampires and stuff in it? Remember that game? I just thought it was Blood Rain or No Castlevania? Was it Castlevania? It? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Castlevania, which is spend up spend yeah. send off of Dracula and stuff right, like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah Castlevania okay. games. Yeah. <laughs> so um okay. So anyway, so he says, uh anyway. So he says, uh first just to justify invoking Vlad the Impaler, remember Shira Seastar. Um, Egg says she bathes in blood to keep her beauty. Now there's also the the <laughs> who doesn't right right <laughs> the Lostums. We did the episode on the Lostum yeah. Shield, yeah, and they're kind of had some vampire ties. Their house sigil is a bat, right? Yeah. Um, he says this is an obvious allusion to the second most famously cruel European noble, Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, the case led to legendary accounts against the countess bathing in blood of virgins to retain her youth. And subsequently also to comparison with Vlad, uh, the impaler of Alturia, um, on whom the fictional count Dracula is partly based. That's uh, from Wikipedia. Uh-huh, yeah. Kind of about Dracula. Right, 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 right. And if proof is needed that wargs, direwolves and inten- are intentionally reminiscent of werewolves, uh, he's, it's here. He says, when Stark changed into a wolf, his northernmen did the same. The mark of the beast was on them all. Wargs birth other wargs with a bite. It is well known. It was all my brothers and I could do to put them down before they slew us all. Jared Frey lying about the Red Wedding when Davos calls him out. Yeah, lying about <laughs> the Red Wedding. Vampire, it is known. Yeah. <laughs> Vampires are animated corpses, immortal and hard to kill. They're pale, they drink blood, they don't eat. And they're killed by fire, amongst other things. Interestingly, one of the things that drives them away in legend is a stem of wild roses. Uh, considered holy by reference to Jesus' crown of thorns, but reminiscent of the blue roses of Winterfell. Okay. We know one of the undead characters in the books, Cold Hands. He's quite different than... Um, uh, uh, he says uncat, uh, uncat uh, <laughs> Lady Stoneheart. Uh, yeah, Lady Stoneheart and uh, Beric and Darian. So let's assume they're different types of undead. Specifically, cold hands like whites can't pass through warding. The difference is probably that he doesn't have a soul. So what is cold hands like? Cold hands was the name that the fat boy Sam had given him. The for the for through the Rangers fail face was pale his hands were black and hard as iron and cold as iron too the dire wolf did not like the way that cold hands smelled dead meat dry blood a faint whiff of rot and cold cold all over sometimes cold hands uh, closed his eyes but bran did not think he slept the scarf over his mouth um, it never gets hard 
all hard with ice, like Hodor's beard. Not even when he talks, Mira gave him a sharp look. You're right. We never see his breath, have we? He does not eat, Bran remembered, and he fears the flames. His voice rattled in his throat as thin as gaunt and thin as gaunt as he was. That's all from stuff from Dance of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now let's talk about Roose Bolton. First, his appearance sounds a bit like a corpse. His eyes were curiously pale, almost without color, and his look disturbing. That's from a Game of Thrones. He had a uh, plain face, beardless and ordinary, notably only for his queer, pale eyes, neither plump, thin, nor muscular. Only his um, only his eyes moved. They were very pale, the color of ice, from A Clash of Kings. Uh, Arya. Arya brought uh, Lord Bolton a damp washcloth to wipe down his soft, hairless body. A Clash of Kings. Now, remember... That is, in if you were kind of new to the books here, in the show, Arya is Tywin Lannister's uh, kind of cupbearer, but in the books, it's actually Roose Bolton. So we get mm-hmm. a lot more of Roose Bolton in, yeah. in, in, in those chapters. Uh, next, his voice is repeatedly described as soft, similar to cold hands. Roose Bolton's voice was so soft that the men had to strain to hear it, so his chambers were always strangely hushed. Uh, from Clash of Kings, Roose Bolton spoke so softly that men uh, quieted to hear him. Storm of Swords. Roose Bolton's eyes were paler than stone, darker than milk, and his voice was spider soft. His voice was a whisker above a whis- uh, whisper. Yeah, so in, just in recap, for me anyways, so you're comparing this person's trying to make the case that Roose Bolton is undead. Right. Sort of by comparing um, his description to cold hands in that he appears to be corpse like and he has a very soft voice uh, kind of like cold hands and that maybe mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's the strength there and the voice is, you know, right. Um, gone. Okay. Okay. All right. So it says he associates, uh, uh, his, his, he associates with the necromancer Kyburn. Now the interesting part, cold hands. Once the heart had ceased to be, a man's blood runs down into his extremities, where it thickens and congeals. His hands and feet swell up and turn as black as pudding. The rest of him becomes as white as milk. Roose Bolton is also known as the Leech Lord. He gets himself leeched frequently to remove the bad blood. The Lord's bedchamber was crowded when she entered. Kyburn was in attendance, and Dower uh, Walton in his male shirt and greaves, plus a dozen frays, all brothers, half-brothers, and cousins. Roose Bolton lay abed naked. Leeches clung to the inside of his arms and legs, his legs and dotted his uh, pallid chest. Long, translucent things that turned a uh, glistering pink as they fed. Bolton paid them no more mind than he did Arya. The pale man in the bed smelled faintly as the leeches nursed of his blood. I am not a man to be undone, sir. Clash of Kings. Roose uh, Bolton from A Clash of Kings. Frequent leeches are the secret to a long life. A man must purge himself of bad blood. Hmm. So to spell it out, the theory is that Roose is dead and has frequent leeches to remove the bad blood that would congeal in his extremities. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, like cold cold hands, you know, they describe doesn't have that. He's not leeching. So right. if, if he were leeching, then maybe we wouldn't see all. And that like when you look blood. at if look at um, look at possibly uh, the mountain in a, you know when when he fights Sandor Clegane at the end. I mean, his he's uh-huh. you know he looks all kinds of all kinds of jacked up. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Cubs still have that soft fur, my lord. One of his men pointed out, make you a nice warm pair of gloves. Also, the Starks won't want. Uh, to remind us winter is coming, have it done. After Roos hunts wolves at Harrenhal, he ends up getting a pair of gloves made. Perhaps he has, wait for it, 
cold. Hands. <laughs> that's that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, that's funny. He says, this is a cold man, Catelyn realized, not for the first time. Uh, he says, uh, Roos is described as having an unusual smell, as was cold hands. A big deal is made of him drinking uh, Hippocras and hardly eating. Bruce Bolton has a sweater, sm- uh, sweeter smell to him, yet no more pleasant. He sipped Hippocras in preference to wine or mead and ate but little from A Storm of Swords. When he does eat, however, there's more focus on the blood than the meat. Another thing from A Storm of Swords here. Bruce Bolton cut his meat methodically, the blood running across his plate. The Lord of the Dreadfort sopped up some of the blood with a chunk of bread. Um, perhaps he's drinking the spice wine to restore his color after the leachings, so he doesn't look too pale. Or maybe the spice wine is sometimes blood. He's strangely obsessed with Arya not spilling a drop. Now, the rest of the bolt-on theory, if Roos is undead and immortal, is he the Night King? Here's Old Nan's story. So, I mean, um, before we even get to that, I will say that I'm not a big believer in the he's the Night King theory, but I'll I'll still kind of read it here for, yeah, well, for context, because I, I, some people kind of believe that there is some tie to the night king or that he's an other based upon the color of his eyes. Yeah. And so just before you read this old Nan bit, the, the idea that isn't this the 13th Lord commander, the idea that he made it could with, be with yeah. a, yeah, one of the female others or whatever, you know, right. someone who was pale and had the, had the eyes and such. So, and I think to, to make this simplified, I know you're going to read it, but like the idea is that he is, he's, he's immortal. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bit that's coming is that he's not just undead. He's right. he's been you know, he's been uh he's been he's been around for a long time. Uh which yeah, we'll get into my my qualms with that. But anyway, anyways, just on the first part though, uh you know, the whole drinking spiced wine to bring color back to his face, um you know, and the and the leeching and things like that and Arya not spilling a drop. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, it's just a bit of a stretch for me still, but like, right. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get to finish we'll, it. We'll get to, okay, um, and this guy even goes on to say he doesn't really necessarily believe the this part uh, of it. Yeah, this part of it. But um, okay, so he had been the thirteenth man to lead the Night's Watch. She said, "This is an old Nan tale, a, a warrior who knew no fear, and that was the fault in him." She said. For all men must know fear. A woman was his downfall. A woman glimpsed from atop the wall with skin as white as the moon and her eyes like blue stars. Fearing nothing, he chased her and caught her and loved her. Uh, through her skin, uh, though her skin was cold as ice, and when he gave his seed to her, he gave his soul as well. He brought her back to the nightfall and proclaimed her a queen and himself the king. And with strange sorceries, he bound his sworn brothers to his will. For 13 years, they had been ruled... Uh, then ruled Night King and his corpse queen, till finally the Stark of Winterfell and Joramon of the Wildlings had joined to the free uh, the watch from bondage. After his fall, when it was found that he had been sacrificing to the others, all records of the Night's King had been destroyed, his very name forbidden. Some say he was a Bolton, old Nan. Uh, would always end. Some say a Magnar out of Skagos. Some say Umber, Flint, or Nori. Some would have you think he was a, a Woodfoot from them who ruled Bear Island before the Ironmen came. He was. Uh, he never was. He was a Stark, uh, the brother of the man who bought, brought him down. She always pinched Bran on the nose, and he would never forget it. He was a Stark of Winterfell. And who can say? Mayhaps... His name was Brandon. Mayhaps he slept in the very bed in this very room. Uh, no brand thought, uh, but he walked in this castle where we'll sleep tonight. Uh, okay, I, I you don't necessarily need to read the rest. It is important that she says mayhaps there. Just keep that, keep that uh-huh. in mind. Yeah. 
Okay. So he goes on to say, there are two main problems with Roos being the Night's King. Old Nan says he was a Stark and the Night's King was defeated. Old Nan does say mayhaps, though, a sign of lying at least amongst among the phrase. She doesn't say it about after the Stark part, uh, granted, but it is, if the Bolton theory is true, a Stark can wear a Bolton skin as easily as and vice versa. The, there's one hint from Roos that defeated. Uh, that defeated kings aren't always killed. Roose Bolton in A Storm of Swords. After war, there's always a peace. And with the peace, there are pardons. For the Rob Starks, at least. Not for the likes of uh, Vargo, Vargo Hote. Um, perhaps Roos burning books at Harrenhal was somehow related to the destruction of the Night King's records. The rest of the Bolton theory is a guess at how a single Bolton could live thousands of years without uh, attracting suspicion. The flayed skin are a Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun waiting to go off and it's a clever guess the Lord of the Rings trilogy chronicled the end of the age of magic and the beginning of the age of men a song of ice and fire tells us the return of magic after a long decline the secular houses having largely been destroyed in the war of the five kings comic book heroes are born to fight muggers and die battling gods who devour universes don't be surprised to see legendary figures return as the books try to surpass anything we've seen so far um, from Melisandre here. The great other whose name may not be spoken, the Lord of Darkness, the Soul of Ice, the God of Night and Terror. Ours is a ch- is a choice between Baratheon and Lannister, between Greyjoy and Stark. It is death we choose or life, darkness or light. Hmm. So uh, he ends up going on here, the last last little bit here, he's even talks about biting, the biting of necks, um, this kind of vampire theory. Um, this is from Danny's... Um, it says the Undying are described as having some of Roos's traits. They actually even try to bite Danny's neck from Clash of Kings. Through the indigo, indigo murk, she could make out the uh, wizened features of the Undying One to her right and the old, old man wrinkled and hairless. Could it be that the Undying Ones were dead? Her answer was a whisper as thin as a mouse whisker. We live, 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 it sounded. Myriad other voices whispered echo, uh, echoes and no, 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 no. She could not move. Her heart, even her heart had ceased to beat. She felt a hand on her bare breast, twisting her nipple. Teeth found the soft skin of her throat. A mouth descended on one eye, licking, sucking, biting. Hmm. So what does that mean? So they're kind of saying. I think it's just, it's just adding to the, to the case of, of something that, that, you know, is, is similar to vampires. Yeah. The, the, the undying. Yeah. This was, that was an edit. Yeah. To the, to the original uh, post, it looks like, or something. So, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, so, huh. Th- there are, so we were also watching. <laughs> the All Shift X video. And guys, I'm really, uh, y- y- you know me. You send me a raven, you send me a crow, it doesn't matter. I'm going to read it. Right. And I'm going to try to figure out a way to make it work. Right. That's what I do. And so, there are faceless men. You know, there there are people who skin change and warg and stuff like that. And there is a power in that. You know, I mean, you can take Jack and Hagar as they would have like switch faces and like completely change his his um right. you know, his characteristics and stuff like that. And almost sometimes you think about Varys, like remember when he shows up in that last chapter to Eddard and he's sort of like completely I mean, not that some of it's a, a mummer show or whatever, but it's it's a pretty darn good one, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. I mean would he just be the bit that really we didn't really get into here was the eyes in that like he would keep the the same 
eyes. The same eyes. So the original theory, the bolt-on theory, mm-hmm. um, let me see real quick if I can pull it up. So basically, here we go. The idea is that Ramsey, the reason he keeps Ramsey around is because of his pale eyes. That's sort of the, the, the original bolt-on theory. And that, like, why would he keep a son who he doesn't like around, who is killing people and things like that? And it's because, well, I may need him later. Mm-hmm. I will take his skin. I will become Ramsey Bolton. Now, and he's, he's as much as he's pissed at maybe Ramsey for killing his, his first son or poisoning him, uh, like his, his uh, legitimate son, he keeps his bastard son because he doesn't have Right. Anyone else. Another he also, heir. He doesn't seem to be in a rush to have another heir. I mean, think about yeah. Walter Frey. Walter Frey's spitting out heirs every, you know, like 10 minutes. And it's, you know, it seems like, did you really try to? I mean, it, it seems like he does. He's, he, by, uh, think about how old Ramsey is. I mean, you think he would have tried to have mm-hmm. more kids by now. Yeah. So I wonder if it's sort of like, let's say, um, Bruce Bolton's eyes are this pale gray. And he needs someone else who looks somewhat like needs that physique to be similar, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you're going to wear someone else's face and maybe he's not truly got the art of the faceless men down or knows what Varus knows to kind of disguise himself. But you, when, when picking a, a spouse or whatever, he would want to make sure that those character traits come out the right way. Right. That he has a son who has pale eyes that he could then take over take his skin and then he's right. going to keep his own eye color which which is pale yeah so so you know that's 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 the other layer to that right. i think so do you think so i guess i'll i'll go ahead and say i don't i don't find the idea that um that taking someone else's skin and wearing it and as po- and possibly changing your identity is far-fetched even for the game for, even for a song of ice and fire whatsoever i mean we see it with the faceless man I mean, we flat out have a group of assassins that sole purpose is literally cutting off other people's faces so that you can continue killing other people and you yeah. know, using it as a disguise. So, I mean, you it's it's not it, it's it's not far fetched whatsoever, considering that you have the faceless men who specifically engage in that exact um you know, in, in that exact thing. And it, the faceless men really, it seems like you know, they change their face, but they also, you know, we don't entirely know that they can change their almost appearance. It seems like they kind of go with people who are similar. The Boltons um, are people there. They flay people. Right. So the, and then they also it's it's said that they sometimes wear their their skins as cloaks. So it is entirely possible that throughout the the centuries of, of flaying people, they have come across this this uh, power that they could use to, you know, possibly change that they, they, they could come across the faceless man power as well that yeah. they, that yeah. they, and then they, they just do it slightly differently and that you have immortality. I mean, we don't know, for example, that say Melisandre, um, you know, is it, is it the Ruby that's, is it, that's, that's keeping her alive is she so bathing or, in blood? Is she, or is she almost <laughs> close to death because she's just really old? Yeah, in the yeah. show, we see her just go out in the field and die after because we know that she is super, super old. But we don't know how what people's kind of life expectancy is if you can stay alive through magic. I think it's certainly possible. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely think there is a, is a huge possibility of, of, of doing that through blood magic or, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. There, there's, I mean, yeah, you said it. I mean, you've got, um, all sorts of disguises and stuff. And it's something mm-hmm. that George does like to do is like, like right now in the Quill and Tankard, we're, we're like Jack and Hagar is back essentially. Right. Like, you know, he, he, he will end up um, taking someone else's identity and he's trying to get a key inside the Citadel and stuff like that. And so people have tried to make the connection b- between um, that character that shows up there and who we knew Jack and Hagar was at, at, at the last time we saw him. I just typed in whether or not Bruce Bolton, you know, is a faceless man to kind of see if people had, had maybe thought of that because if he is, and if he does know that ability or that art or that technique or whatever, um, whether it's from his youth or from as many years, if he has been around for, if he is some sort of right. something undead um, that picked up on their art form, then maybe we need to consider that Roos is, you know, when he's not, um, you know, like like we have to almost like keep track of him. You know what I mean? Right. Is he always in in in? Uh, does he ever disappear? And then could he be reappearing as another character elsewhere with a different face? Is he wearing different faces? Right. That is something uh, maybe to kind of look into. And you know what? I was not sure about this theory until I literally just typed in. So I, I often trust the uh, a, a wiki of ice and fire, um, a song of ice and fire. The actual, you know, I think there's um, an entire there's an entire page dedicated just to this. Just theory. this theory. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is literally known as the as the Bolton theory. Uh, some readers believe that Roose Bolton is an immortal being, possibly another that steals and wears other people's skins, and so more likely. And actually, this is no joke. This is no joke, guys. There is evidence for it. But there is no direct evidence for this theory, um, only circumstantial evidence. There's really no evidence against it. It's all just that the evidence that's for it is is, is all circumstantial uh, evidence. There is one quote that I found that was kind of interesting. When they describe Roos's appearance, um, though past 40, Roos was as yet unwrinkled, uh, with scarce a line to tell the passage of time. There was an agelessness about him, a stillness. <laughs> So right, uh, and now one one criticism I saw in some of the comments is that like why would George you know bring up something like this um, in yeah, a Dance of Dragons and it, why 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 isn't there more evidence for this earlier on or whatever and then someone's counter to that was well he still has two major novels to write so maybe right. it does play in and and maybe there is some uh, something to it it well, seems more likely that he would know some of the. The faceless men arts, maybe. Right. Well, I think that um, in in trying to get, so I don't think that this again. I don't think this theory is really that far out there. Uh, I think when people make a lot of ties to like vampires, I don't think vampires is something that yeah. we'll see. Right. But I do think it's safe to assume that you know we see it with Relor and possibly the Great Other. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot, Sir Ezra, that you can have similar abilities but they're handled slightly different right so in in the show right we know that the the others the white walkers can create whites they bring people somewhat back to life even if they're skeletons or whatever and then you also have relore bringing people back mm-hmm. through you know the like the yep the red priestesses so they're still brought back they're different than they were before each each way yeah. so it could be a case of different gods, di- different powers, even though they're similar. Uh-huh. We have the faceless men who have the ability to change their appearance. We have glamours, which is a way to change your appearance. Mm-hmm. Same kind of outcome, just two different ways of uh, of doing it. So 
maybe there's other ways of, to, yeah. you know, of, of doing it. We, um, you know, it, uh, green dreams and green, green sight isn't yeah. necessarily something that's tied to uh, anybody specifically. It seems right. like that's, that's something that a lot of people can have. Warging is, is something mm-hmm. is a power we see throughout kind of. Yeah. There's even differences the between warging and, and skin changing. Yeah. Right. And it's possible. It's also possible that it's, it's, Bruce Bolton may not necessarily be in this kind of theory. The he may not be around for like hundreds of centuries. He could just be two or three. You know, like yeah, it yeah, could yeah. be it could be one of those things that some people in the family have it and other people don't. You look at the Targaryens. Daenerys is able to withstand heat, you know, fire in in certain situations, whereas uh, Viserys is not. And we uh-huh. don't know we don't know about Rhaegar, but. Yeah. Um, whether whether he kind of had that uh, ability, to, uh, but right. So you, what you're saying is, we also have evidence that someone like Blood Raven and, and, and others like Melisandre, and uh, whether it's Quaith, who, who knows how old Quaith is, and things like there are rumors of shadow binders and all sorts of crazy stuff that they live a long life, that they right. live a long time, and there's something that could be prolonging that. So now the like the extreme on this theory is that the that it would be the Thirteenth Lord Commander, right. the Night's King, and that it would be his son or his heir or even him or even he himself. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that part's a little stretch. That's extreme. Even the, even the, even the eyes, some people, some people view the eyes as all, maybe he's an other Mm -hmm. or something because he has like the really blue, pale blue, really pale blue Mm -hmm. eyes. I think that's, I think that's a little, a little out there too, but I definitely think there's enough. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it could just be Gurr writing him to make him seem like a really creepy character, Mm -hmm. but Okay, keep in mind something else too. In the books, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know we 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 talked a while back about how you know the books and the show, as we're doing on our Patreon series, the books and the show may go differently. So, you know, think of at, at when the battle of uh, by the time Stannis shows up at mm-hmm. at Winterfell to battle, Roose Bolton, Roose Bolton, uh, Roose Bolton's dead. Yeah, you mean yeah in the show Ramsey 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 had killed him. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Ramsey had Ramsey had killed him. So you've got to think about that. Whereas, so how in in the books is Roose Bolton gonna die? Could you imagine though? Because after reading this theory, now it's got me thinking. Like, like in the show, if George said, "Yeah, here's, here's what's gonna happen. Ramsey's gonna end up killing his father." But really, what right. it is is that Roose Bolton uh, is stages his own death. Right. To take the identity of a son. Right. You know what I mean? That's what this theory is suggesting. Right. Because I think, I think unlike the show where the show got less magical, I think the books are going to do the opposite and get That's far what it's more doing. magical. Yeah. That, that, that is what has been so perplexing to me. I, I don't know. Maybe you almost wonder if we, yeah, we still have two major novels. Maybe like maybe we've reached the height of the magic in a dance of dragons and maybe there'll be a tidbit of that at the, the beginning of um, the winds of winter or whatever. And then it's going to kind of decline and go back to more of a normal mm-hmm. thing. Maybe that's what's going to happen, but there's been a huge uptick in it. You know, glass candles are burning now. Like Marwin can see across great distances and stuff like it's radical. It's the opposite. It's the total, yeah. it's the total, the, a big theme in the books. I mean, the big, the big theme is magic is on the rise yeah and and you know so i think i think that it's so i don't again i don't think it's entirely out of the realm of possibility it could just be Gur, you know as i said writing him to make to give him those kind of vampire type um 
appearances just to kind of, you know, add flair to the character and just make him seem creepy. But it's not like Gurr hasn't had anything. We have the Lostons. We talked about that Daniel Lostin, who also was believed in the kind of bathe in blood and, and, and things like that. And the, and the Lostin sigil is a bat. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just in case anyone, so we do have some people who are coming from, you know, just being show watchers and Absolutely. this is a very different episode for us. So I wanted to kind of mention a couple of things. So in a dance of dragons, when you, when, if you're, if you're just starting with the game of Thrones, great cool beans. We kind of bounce around a little bit because we've read the books and mm-hmm. it's just kind of a reread for us. So Roose Bolton, just so you know, is at Winterfell and you know, he is plotting, he's scheming. Um, he has sent, Ramsey, his son, away with some of the, um, I think it's the Manderleys and the Freys, and they are headed towards Stannis Baratheon, who is between, there's a great manifesto out there, forget who this was, Kent Hughes or somebody who's doing the whole rundown of what Stannis is thinking in his battle plans and prepping right. for the terrain and all this kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, and, and, and Theon has, has reached Stannis and is talking mm-hmm. to him and things like that. So yeah. That battle, and we we talk about the difference between book and show, is is going to be very different. And it looks right now there's a we have a strong, confident Stannis, and so to defeat this, I mean, if if Ru, or I'm sorry, if, if Ramsey dies, and in, in that scenario, then then I mean, sucks for, <laughs> uh, um, Roos, right? You know, who who does he get to? If this is right, if this is true, and like like he, if he loses his son, then he doesn't get a chance to kind of shift into him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now hold on, let me see him just real quick. Yeah, Roose Ramsey and the Bolton army remain at Winterfell, awaiting Stannis's host, which is slowed. Okay, so I take that back. Um, so they're remaining at Stan- they're remaining at Winterfell, but they sent the Manderley force. That's right, and they sent the Freys. Okay, and this is a little bit of a Winds of Winter spoiler. So if you don't want any of that spoiler, spoiler, sorry. It's just a quick little little nod here um, because Stannis is getting information from Jane Poole and Theon Greyjoy informing um, him that, that uh, Roos has sent out the phrase in the Manderleys as well. Oh, as well as Ramsay and his men, but kept much of his own strength behind Winterfell. According to Theon, Roos is keeping his own men back uh, as a reserve as he once did in the Riverlands to weaken potential rivals. Stannis confirms that um, his supposed ally, Arnoff uh, Karstark, has been secretly relaying information to Roos. And actually, there's a lot more to that. There's, if you want to read that chapter, there's actually a lot more to uh, what they do with the Karstarks uh, and, and sort of that betrayal that, that's taking place there. But yeah, just that's a, a quick as to where the Boltons are and what's happening in Winterfell and, and stuff. There's a lot more to it because uh, Manderley is, um, if, you've, if you've listened to any of the uh, Grand Northern conspiracies and you've looked into maybe some of, uh, you know, who they're loyal to and that a Stark should always be in Winterfell and House Manderley may, they've already secretly sent um, Davos away uh, to Skagos to, to retrieve Rickon. So mm-hmm. you, you know that there's some loyalty there and they don't like the phrase. They actually have to leave by separate gates, which is kind of funny. I I even think like at one point um, because of, uh, like, it's been a long time since I've read that, but I think Manderley gets like his throat uh, cut, but he's so fat that it doesn't like, He's bleeding, but he doesn't actually die uh, or something. So, anyways, I have to double check that. But yeah, so that's where Roos is at, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it just be it would just really. Well, when I think about this, is it gonna be a big? 
is it a big deal if he is a faceless man? I mean, a faceless man, unless he's moving around, right. assassinating people and stuff like that. If he's just sort of, if he is practicing the dark arts and he's trying to prolong his life and maybe he's several generations old, that's a cool little nugget. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I like, mean, what does that do I, for the overall story? Yeah, I think I, this is, that's that's the what I see as the flaw in it. I think that there are tons of, I think it's what it is is it's it's cool for world building. At the at the end of the day, um, you know, even Veramir, um, you know, uh, six skins. Uh, I almost called yeah. Veramir. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, when yeah, he's yeah. talking about skin changing, he uses the terms like slipping into one skin and taking their skin, which sounds an awful lot like flaying. Uh, he specifically talks about how once you know warging into Thistle and that being his second life. So you know, so there is that kind of that kind of. Um, uh, narrative for it i guess mm-hmm. um yeah. what it could end up being is it could end up being something that comes up later in like a duncan egg novella or you know something like something else something in the fire and blood part two or you know another world of ice and fire book um as you said i i think that it's again i think magically it is to, there is totally validity to the theory based upon what we've seen in the books yeah but narratively just kind of for for it to be Roos again, I don't think we're gonna get a chapter where we see him trying to cut a cut open Ramsey and you know then mm-hmm. and be, be a big player uh, later on. Yeah, you know I think some of the early descriptions too of Roos Bolton, like we just had in in, in a Game of Thrones, and and Catelyn is, is sort of des- describing him and how calculating he is, and and how his silence says more than than maybe. Um, his his words and they got to keep an eye on him all that is sort of foreshadowing his his the betrayal that will take place and stuff so so that's there and then later on though you get some of this stuff as to just the oddness between Ramsey and and the fact that Ramsey and Reek become a bit somewhat of a big deal uh, and it becomes a, a major thread in the story so it's like I it seems like it's one of those things that George like a, 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 um, a thread that he's laid here that isn't going to go anywhere that he just did because it was kind of cool. And it's, it's, it's just layers. Yeah, I mean, that, he that's, likes to throw that's entirely possible. Bit. Yeah. So it's not that it, you know, the reason we're even talking about it is because of all of the other cool things that Arya is experiencing, you know, and that, um, that the red priests are doing. And, and we see, uh, even Quaith when she is talking to Danny and the guy is climbing the freaking fire ladder. It's like a year ago, he wasn't able to do that. So magic is returning. It's, it's the birth of her dragons and all that kind of stuff. So it makes us start to, this is what he does, is why he's such a good writer. When we hear all that stuff going on in Essos and we see some of it kind of trickling over here into Westeros, we start to look at every freaking character and we say, okay, how, 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 is, how could this be something magical or how, how, how does all this influence um, the characters that we have in front of us? So, and then you really start to nitpick mm-hmm. little lines like that because there's not much. Um, evidence for it other than like he he seemed you know he's get he's he says that he's being leached and that makes him healthier so maybe that's why he seems uh kind of um ageless or whatever and he's very he doesn't eat a whole lot that's something that's noted by theon too when they're at the great feast at winterfell um he's he's a picky eater and he's also watching to make sure that manderley uh, is eating stuff as well too so there's no poisoning taking place um yeah i don't know so the bolt on theory my friend, it's uh, not one I ever thought I would, uh, you know, look into much. And I mean, right. I'm glad that I have, it's it's neat. It's it's definitely 
neat to kind of get more and to think more about Roos. I think it's I think the coolest thing that this did for me was to think more about Roos and his relationship to Ramsey. Right. And and why well, he's keeping him around and what ex- exactly because the plan is. if you're if you're Roos Bolton, I I just I, I don't, you know, in the show we see him say, "Well, now I have a new heir." Yeah. And so that happens pretty quick too, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. I just you know, you know he's he's crazy. He's 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 kind of he's kind of weird. He's out there. I mean, the books the you know in in the books he's like really ugly and stuff too. It's not like he is, not like the the who we see in in the show. Uh-huh. Um, but I do think it is interesting. You know, if you're Bruce Bolton is clearly a pretty intelligent guy. Uh-huh. Um, and so yeah, why he decides to to have Ramsey stick around for as long as he does is, as you said, I think it's really interesting, and I think that that's where the, what this theory points to and 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 validates some of these people's <laughs> arguments about you know the possibility the idea of, of flaying him or or something mm-hmm. yeah he, he, here's an interesting quote um so some quotes by Roos, and this will maybe we'll just see how this kind of um see if this adds anything else to it so Roos says uh people fear you and he's talking to ramsey and ramsey says good and Roos says you are mistaken it is not good no tales were ever told of me do you think i would be sitting here if it were otherwise your amusements are your own i will not chide you on that account so he's talking about like what he's doing to theon and the taking the bits and the pieces and the flaying and all that stuff um but you must be more discreet a peaceful land a quiet people that has always been my rule make it yours so what's also interesting if you want to buy into this theory a little bit is that for him to take over and to be Ramsey, he would want Ramsey to be more like himself, to be more quiet spoken, to be more, you know, uh, right. cunning and things like that. So he is trying here now to maybe uh, teach him that there's a better way. You need to you follow in, fall in line with the, with the Bolton way and you stick out too much. He's too, he's noticeable. People fear him, right? Roos likes to go unnoticed. He likes, you know, especially if you're trying to, <laughs> uh, pass from you know to, to, to live on or to change skins or change identities you really don't want to be noticed and you want to slip into that person and mm-hmm. be not a major change because if if you take Roos's pers- personality it's very different from Ramsey's if he were to switch over it's like all of a sudden you have a major shift in who Ramsey is so look for that if in winds of winter all of a sudden we see a more calm calculating quiet spoken Ramsey you're like well holy crap you know what I mean? Roos is not actually dead. He just took over his son. Right. You know, that would be crazy. Yeah. So you got to look for that, for their personality and their character. To Do, do you think you know, it's weird that Ramsey is using leeches and talking about the secret to a long life? Like that we get that, that we get that line. That's what that, I'm saying. Is that, is that maybe like, we like specifically get a line from him? Cause Gur, you know, Gur does not really, Gur does not waste lines. <laughs> Right. And it's one of those things where every lines matter. And, you know, you can go back as we've been doing in these Catlin chapters and talking. It's it's crazy to look and see, you know, I mean, if you were reading, if if you read a Game of Thrones, right, uh-huh. you know, and you had just read the first book. And I think a lot of show watchers would be shocked, you know, knowing nothing about the books to find out. Wait, hold on a second. Catelyn Stark gets brought back to life and she's like a zombie walking around. Uh-huh. I mean, you know what I mean? And then you see the lady, all of the, all the, all of the references to Lady Stoneheart, um, you know, like her, 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 her heart was, was cold, you know, cold as stone, all the things it says in those early Catelyn chapters. Um, you know, I mean, Hodor, 
you know yeah. And, yeah. i mean so i that's where i look at it and i say you know the fact that those lines exist is is just we know knowing Gurr's writing style it it could it could totally be something yeah it could it could turn into something and it could just be a little kind of it's one of those threads that maybe never needs to be explained, but it's almost, exactly. almost like for the author, it's a hidden little nugget. Sort of right. like what I did there was I just had two characters switch identities, right? I, I, this is there, and I can use it later if I want to, if the right. writing evolves. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be something like, you know, we talk about is is Jack and Hagar serial Pharrell? And may, maybe in, in the books, because, you know, it obviously nothing happened in the show, nothing ever comes of it, but it's something that, that fans will speculate on forever. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. all he. And that's all he wants. Yeah, and that that could. That's what I'm saying. That, that's right. Neat is that like some things never need to be told all the way. It's sort of like lay this little bit of foundation. There's a little bit of a a rumor that um that the thirteenth Lord Commander was a Bolton. Like right. old Dan says it in, in, in in her story, you know, and things like that. So this is why you can kind of run wild with this. And and there's really and again uh, when you look at when you look up the theory, there's not a whole lot to sort of say. Yeah, that's not the case it's right. just sort of like if you believe it cool it's it could there could be more coming up in the next book but um this is what we have and mm-hmm. it's unusual let's just put it this way so his behavior the the having the flayed man as mm-hmm. you as your as your sigil is interesting enough and so there's fear in that the leeching is interesting who else do, do it does anybody else the do only other person who really uses leeches is melisandre Okay. Yeah. Somebody who we else who we also know has found some secret to long life. Yeah, yeah. So maybe there is something in it. Right? Maybe there is something. Maybe right. he does have some type of sorcery or something uh up his sleeves or whatever. And you know, Alt Shift X uh kind of even said, you know, look at where the Dreadfort is, um, you know, a little further east there in Westeros, could easily have, have gone on a ship, you know, in his youth or whatever and gone to the free cities or gone mm-hmm. over to Bravos or uh Essos and what have you and, and learned. Of, of these ways so yeah interesting bolt on my mm-hmm. friends just bolt on <laughs> yeah so uh, all right wow. hey it was fun it was a fun it was a fun little fun little uh episode yeah it was know, it, it was and here's the thing so since this was just sort of a fun episode and we were just having a good time um we actually have a very serious episode out there that i would love for for uh, folks to go listen to um when you're done with this, head over to Patreon. We have a sick series <sighs> going there. Do we not? Yeah. Tom, yeah. You, I think you and I talked for about three hours uh, the other night. Yes. On a massive uh, part one of our massive Harrenhal, uh series. It's kind of going to be the, the the history of it and and really why Rhaegar chose Lyanna and, and really what was all going on there. So we have that uh, going over there on Patreon. Yeah, it's huge. It was a lot of fun. And at one point, one of four. Yeah. If you are one of our, our sworn swords, uh, you will get the musing as well, where we really go back and forth about a shadow host. And I mean, it is, it is a heck of a lot of fun and a uh, lot of history on Tywin Lannister as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. And, and, and a part of that too, is we have our own thoughts. We've always had our own thoughts on, what has happened between Tywin and Ares and the Mad King. Um, but then we found several other theories of people kind of breaking down, whether it's the magical elements or the political side of it or whatever it may be. Um, there's a bit in there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's what's going to be really cool. So if you want that more serious episode, um, definitely go check that out. Now, I haven't done this in a while, so I want to give a quick shout out to all of our sworn swords, by the way. Yeah. We have quite a few. And so that tier is 
blowing up. They get a chance to be involved in Raven's Nest, and they get all the musings. They get all the podcast on Patreon, all the extra content. So, um, yeah, quick shout out here. So, Sir, uh, Sir, Sir Anonymous of House Anonymous, which I think is the most clever thing I've ever seen. Uh, Sir Austin of House Jeffords. Lady Cloy of House Swain. Lady Denisa of House O'Brien, Lady Don of House Watson, Lady Hannah of House Farmer, Sir Jake of House Jacobson, Sir James of House Nutter, Sir Jeffrey of House Wilson, Lady Jessica, Sir John, Sir Matt of House Zinc, Sir Ralph the Dornish Wolf, Sir Samuel of House Wakefield, Lady Sarah of House Thompson, Sir Sean of House Brunos, Sir Joe the Grackle Knight, Sir Stephen of House Vilkin, Sir William of House Lombard. So there you go. Um, just a quick little shout out to all those. So I probably might have butchered some of those, and I'm, right. I apologize. But no, um, absolutely, yeah, it's, a I think huge, it's cool because it's, it's it's been yeah, it's a huge help, and we have a lot of those folks who are in there. Um, who and we, by the way, to all of those folks who we just gave a quick shout out to, uh, I am begging you to go listen to the episode that we just posted for you, and I also would love for you to give uh, your comments down below on the Heron Hall theory and and some of the speculation surrounding the tourney at Heron Hall because Sir Matt and I will use that for next month's like fuel going into part two absolutely and part two is pretty ridiculous actually so mm-hmm. uh, we're really looking forward to that yeah absolutely so and also uh, should we talk a little bit about the uh, kind of Patreon uh, gift box that we're working on yeah absolutely yeah yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh, what we're going to do this time around is, um, you know, we, we've done shirts for the past couple times. Uh, this time we actually have a, we've uh, been working with a new artist, um, our old artist. I don't know entirely what happened to We don't know if he hit, died. Him or her. Uh, yeah. We have no <laughs> and idea. It's unfortunate because we really liked the, the artwork that we had and it was kind of a really cool series going. But um, we have a new artist and they kind of, uh, they're, I, they're really good at, um, kind of other areas and so we're, we've been working with them for stickers and so we actually have some really super cool kind of like you know you know throw on your laptop throw on uh you know whatever wherever you want and they're going to be i think they're gonna be super super cool what, yeah what we've been, we like them what we've been working with yeah. them on so um those will be uh coming soon we're just kind of getting uh we have we're in the process of getting the preliminary kind of sketches in right now so once we have more we'll share a little bit more with that but those are coming because we had some people kind of ask about that so uh, that's going to be kind of the uh, next uh, gift gift bag, and uh, I think they're going to be super, super cool. Yeah, they are, and there's some extra little hidden uh, nuggets that will be in there as well that we are not going to mention. But yep, you know, you'll, uh, yeah, you'll you'll see some other cool, yeah, some cool swag when you uh, when yes. you receive your 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 box. Yeah, so so check that out, and then the next run we also have already uh, way ahead uh, planned out our next uh, T-shirt too. Yeah, so yeah, so that'll be that'll be that'll be the run. <laughs> Thanks, after, George. That'll, that'll, yeah, that'll that'll be the run after that, uh, and hopefully, yeah, what well, it's gonna be, it's gonna be super cool. I'm yeah, super, I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. So, all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for entertaining us today, you know, and, and letting us kind of just have fun um, with with this episode. And you know, um, safe travels to you, Sir Matt, as you head back uh, mm-hmm. head back west. Literally, in, with less than twenty four hours, you'll be Ooh, I'll be back. You'll be back. You, you'll 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 be out there, and we'll, we will continue on. We've got more Patreon content to uh, record, and we will be back with the with the uh, reread um, next uh, week. We will have uh, the Daenerys chapter. Mm-hmm. Which is which is going to be, <laughs> it's bloody. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we'll be discussing Chapter sixty-one, Daenerys. 
7. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.